0: Listener Production.
1: Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Oh! He knocked the headgear off him. This is unbelievable, rugby Lloyd. Welcome to the Footy Talk Podcast on Listener. Tony Squires and Wade Graham in for this Saturday. Coming up, we'll take a look back at the Broncos' stunning win in the Queensland Derby. Plus, is it time to hit the panic button on the Eels after just two games? Love the panic button. That and so much more on the Footy Talk Podcast on Listener. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this Saturday edition of Footy Talk on Listener. You're with Tony Squires and I'm sitting beside a man who suddenly has far too much time on his hands. Wade Graham. Wade, how are you feeling after Tuesday night?
0: Yeah, I'm disappointed. Um, As you said, a bit of spare time on my hand, but I am fortunate enough that I have a few side gigs to keep me busy in that time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, like so obviously the tackle happened last Saturday um, and then the charge came overnight. We had a look at it and we thought we were a fair chance of um, challenging just to grading.
1: So from reckless down to careless. Reckless to
0: careless. So, yeah, we went in there with a a guilty plea to careless contact, high uh, high contact with the head, sorry, Um, and we thought we were a decent chance because we had a look across the last couple of seasons and last year there was actually zero reckless high tackles, uh, like great charge in the competition. Yep. And the year before, there was only three prior ones. And one was, um, yeah, yeah. for comparison, one was like Latrell Mitchell and Joey Manu at Suncorp Stadium that, yep. that resulted in... Um,
1: significant like, injury. Significant
0: injury. So we looked at that and we just didn't think um, that, out, that my tackle was sort of in the same category. So we thought we were a different shape. But unfortunately, it uh, wasn't to be. Um, the, pet, the judiciary found that it was a reckless a uh, high tackle, and it cost myself an extra week. So it was three weeks regardless whether I took the early guilty plea or not. Um, and then because we chose to fo- challenge it, it um, resulted in an extra week, which is disappointing because it is a long summer that you train for and yeah. you have all eyes on round one and the upcoming season. And, you know, you get through Christmas and you're working hard and you're building and you're building and you want to start the season well. Uh, but, you know, last year I find myself on the sideline for are. another month, an extra chunk of preseason, yeah. but our sharkies on uh, last night got oh, our oh, first victory
1: absolutely i want to get to them in, in a second i mean it is that the difference between reckless and careless because careless kind of is forgetting where you put your car keys uh which i am <laughs> very careless you thought you could get a, a downgrade which is good your motivation obviously is for the sharks but do those numbers also concern you in terms of the 300th for example oh not
0: really not really like um, I would have to play almost every game anyways to get that milestone this year. So it's something that's a long way away. Like I know. Um,
1: i You been need ar- three finals now in all. Yeah,
0: I've been around the game long enough um, to know. So I I think, uh, say, over 16 years, I might have only played every game four or five times, right? It's just yeah. it's how our game is. It's brutal. You come up with injuries. Sometimes you just don't have the ability to play every game due to it. So it, w- it wasn't something that I was looking at. Um, And, you know, there's no guarantee this is my last year still. So uh, there's a lot of water going to bridge. There's a lot of season to be played. And I was having a chat, obviously, with my family and and my partner who's, because of the incident on the weekend just gone, you know, you're you're forefront of the game, right? It's such a talking point. Yep. But then I said to her, like, come around 10, 11, 12, even after this weekend of footy, everyone will forget about me and move on. There'll be something else to talk on. And I know we actually do have something else to talk on following that. So. Um, it's just the way the game is.
1: Yeah. When did you get the bad vibe? Did Bobby Linda look at you like you are a serial killer? Well, he didn't
0: actually look at me all too much, so that <laughs> gave me a bad vibe. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I didn't get a, a great feeling when I, as soon as he walked in there and we started hearing, uh, well, I started hearing some of the dialogue. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought, listen, it was, it was worth a shot. I don't regret it for Absolutely. sure because even now I sit here and I still look at the previous comparisons and think that it's not in the same category. But, hey, maybe they've
1: set a new bar. One thing that interested me from uh, your defence and which I think carries across what's going on in the early part of the season with concerns about concussions and all those sorts of things was that your, your target now in terms of aiming for a tackle is more around that ball rather than... Where, because the, the hip, uh, which is, can be very dangerous to a bloke, is that a few concussions? Well, that's the year
0: that I had the three concussions. All three concussions came from, um, you know, losing sight of the ball carrier when I went down low and that ball carrier changing direction um, and I'm catching a hip. Yep. Right? And then we, we saw a number of them over the round one already. Yep. We had Jackie Williams in our own game. That was a forearm. Victor Adley yep. caught a hip. And there was another one in our game actually as well. Joy Arrow came out and, and Braden Ueli moved late on him and caught a hip. As well. And that's, I would say without the stats in front of me, just as a rough guy, like more players knock themselves out making tackles than actually being hit high. Uh, that for sure I would say. So it was a focus of mine coming back to lift up my target area and to not Go low around the hips. Sometimes in a game, like not even joking, like sometimes in a game I will go low, and I'll know my technique slightly wrong, and I'll actually say in my head, "Come away to like get your get your tackle target higher, get the ball, get the ball, just to try and mitigate some of that risk." You're never going to mitigate all the risk in our game. Obviously, it's a fast-moving game, and you make this like split-second decisions. Um, But yeah, so I do, like, if, if I had a selection now between low or high tackle, I'm always going to go high now yep. um, as a little bit of preservation for myself and looking after myself.
1: Yeah, it's a, it makes a difficult thing, doesn't it? A can of worms, that whole thing of, should we lower the, the height of the tackles? Because as we say, knees win that battle over <laughs> most times. All right, look, I'm, I don't want to spend a lot of time in this, but it's obviously a crucial issue and one that uh, has been going for years and years. But I'm I'm intrigued with Latrell Mitchell and the racial vilification that took place. It's a young kid, I'm not sure how old, I think around 15 is what we're hearing, 15, 16. Uh, what I wanted to ask you, because you have you know a close-hand uh, idea about it, is Nico Hines, how good a bloke is, Because he's come out and I think is one of the most brilliant things to say immediately is education. What needs to happen is education, come into the All-Stars camp, learn about culture.
0: Well, 100%. And Nico was spot on. um, Well, two things firstly, right? We all all agree that behaviour, completely unacceptable, right? Doesn't belong in our society no more, doesn't belong anywhere near the game. And good on the players for standing up. And as far as I know, Jerome Law was there as well and he actually – backed up the trail as well, which is great by the players for calling out. It's completely unacceptable. Nico actually spoke to me before he did the interview yesterday. He goes, I've, I've got a different sort of take on it. And he was worried to, have, to bring it up. But then he said to me, he said, for sure, like completely unacceptable behaviour, but I'm actually a little bit worried about the kid too. He's made a big mistake, a really big mistake. Yep. He's been called out on a, in a, a public way in a stadium He's been escorted out by security and now the whole game's launched in on him. And he's, this grave mistake has been very harsh on him. And Nico was actually worried about the kids' welfare, which just goes to show what sort of bloke Nico was. That was where his thoughts straight went. He went, well, I'm not going to condone it. And, of course, he needs to learn from this mistake. But he's also worried about the kids' welfare as well, making sure that he has the right support around him. Um, and that this, you know, obviously error in judgment that he's made could be used as a learning tool. Um You know, so he doesn't repeat and, you know, he can actually... Help oh, out, maybe in the future, he's a better person for it.
1: Absolutely. Well, a similar thing happened, I guess, when Adam Goods called out uh, the young girl who did the similar thing to him when he was playing against Collingwood. The next day, he had a press conference and he said, "We've got to look after this girl. we've Got to reach out and look after this girl. Make it a, a learning curve rather than uh, an attack on her." Sadly, for Adam Go- Goods, he was subsequently virtually booed out of the game for you know for people for his attitude. That's the thing about Latrell. We don't want people turning on Latrell, and I agree with you hundred percent. This kid. I mean, this whole idea of love. Life bans for a 15-year-old I think is, is a nonsense. Surely he still does have space to change and to learn and that should be the path we go down. No, I, I um, agree with you. I agree. All right. Let's get into uh, the good news. You got that win. How important was that? You were sitting in the coach's box next to Fitzy. Talk us through it.
0: Oh, it's a roller coaster last yes. night, the coach's box. Um, as a fan... Um, Maybe not even a, a Para fan or a Sharks fan, but as a footy fan, it would have been a good game to watch, right? It was. Lots of exciting tries. Um, defence probably not up to where in NRL standards most teams want it to be, but there were some brilliant, brilliant moments from both teams. I think for us, I'm sure there's a lot of areas that we would love to work on, particularly our defence, and a couple of those um, basic fundamental errors that we came up with in that second half that sort of, kept putting the pressure on us and kept inviting Parramatta back into the game. But early in the season, sometimes you need a game like that where you're just not 100% firing. Um, there's a few miscues. You invite the opposition back in, but just through character and determination and, you know, blokes turning up, defensive um, effort, you manage to just hold on and get that win, win and then you just build from that. You you deep, like You dig into that later in the year. Um, and there'll be plenty of stuff for us to look at on the video. But it's sort of just, yeah, okay, we got it. We got over the hump. We got it done. Not pretty. Uh, certainly some areas are great. But, you know, we got that first win and now we're we're looking forward and we just got to improve on that performance. Trindle was, is
1: terrific. He's come in. Yeah. It, he makes Craig Fitzgibbon think a bit, I guess, when Nico Hines comes back. Yeah,
0: he's a great uh, – he's a great player, Trindle uh, – sorry, Braden Trick. I don't know why I called him his last name then. Sorry, sorry, sorry mate. Um, <coughs> but I think, mate, he's a top-tier NRL halfback for sure. I think if he could walk into a, a spot in another number of other teams um, across the NRL, but he just recommitted to the club, which shows tremendous um, belief in, you know, where the club's going um, and Tricky's lessons under Craig Fitzgibbon and where he sees his future – you know, in, in you know the, by the back end of this season, end of next season, um, and you know what he sees in the club because I think it's actually a really a really big decision for Trick that he made to recommit because there's no doubt when Matty Moylan and Nico Hines are fit, they are our starting halves and Tricky goes, you know, if he's in the team, he's probably on that bench in that utility role because he does he's a handy defender and he has played minutes in the middle for us, but he's put a certain level of his development, well, at least his on field development, on hold a bit, and he's shown patience in saying, no, no, I'm willing to just take a step back here, learn learn the game, train hard with a good crew, train with Craig Fitzgibbon, who's going to coach him over the next however long. Um, and then when he's actually gets to that stage where he's running an NRL team week in, week out... He's going to be their elite. And we already see the start of it now in his game. He's been brilliant the, his first couple of games this yep. season for us, filling in for Nico Hines. And when he gets the keys to an NRL team, it's going to be his NRL team, number seven, he's going to be the halfback. He'll be more than ready to lead that team for 26 rounds um, at that consistent elite level
1: and be the player that you know he's definitely going to be. Mitch Moses got a little bit um, uh, narky during the week with uh, media and the interviews, and obviously the constant questioning about that contract that hasn't yet been signed, where he's going, hasn't decided. If he genuinely hasn't decided, that's just where it is. Does it affect him? Can it affect him? He played his two hundredth game last night. Now he scored two tries. He ran down Mulatala beautifully, although Will Kennedy then <laughs> the next play yeah. scored under the post. Uh, but that sort of thing does it. You know, does it affect him or the team around him?
0: Oh, I can for sure. It can, but I only he. Will know personally how you know the toll it's taken on him.
1: Yeah.
0: All of it could just be media speculation, right? Like because that's where all the stories have come from. Like Mitch, I haven't seen Mitch put a date on himself or put a figure on himself or say he needs he wants a deal done before the year. I haven't seen Parra put any pressure on him. No. I think it started with the story in the paper about Tigers offering a big long term deal and then you know there was speculation about what Parra's deal was in comparison to that and decision that Mitch might have had. But yeah, so so far, it's all just speculation from the media. The stories that have been written have been about the stories that have been written. It actually hasn't <laughs> been anything from Mitch or Parramatta. So The media I,
1: feeding itself. Yeah,
0: so I feel like only Mitch knows that, um, you know, how he's coping with it and how he's feeling. But I, I think if he's comfortable with where he's at um, and he doesn't think it's affecting his performance, he doesn't think it's affecting his team's performance. And Parramatta, as a club, obviously Brad Arthur, they're comfortable with where things are at. Well, I just think it's playing on. Like, he's still got another 12 months on his contract to run. Yeah. So it's not as if he's in a rush.
1: No, absolutely right. So, I love the fact that the media today has got to Parramatta going oh five 5 already. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they do have Manly, Penrith and the Roosters in the next three rounds. So. They, are ch- they are struggling with a few injuries, right? Yeah, they, so
0: are. they lost Isaiah Papali last year, um, obviously, to the Tigers. And then yeah. you lose Sean Lane, your other back rower. Yeah. And they were two of their best forwards last year. So that does... Take a little bit of time. You know, got Ryan Madison still sitting out with suspension. I think he's got another week to yep. go. Um, so there, there's a bit of cohesion there. I know they have – because of that, you know, lack of experience, they're pushing out Paulo and they're, they're pushing out um, Hopgood for big minutes. Yeah. Um, which Looks good, Hopgood, though. He's, he's looking good. He's, he's a good you, – tell it's a really good decision by him to actually change clubs because – like, there was no doubt. I remember watching him play reserve grade at Penrith and think, like, I thought then, like, you know, he's a, he's a handy player, really, but he's stuck behind Isaiah Yo, right? And if you have Isaiah Yo who plays 80 minutes, yeah. your bench rotation really only has enough for two big guys, another maybe forward who can cover the back row, and then your utility. right? And because they don't actually have – they'll carry in two hookers – there's no really room for another ball-playing middle if you have Isaiah Yeo playing 80 minutes. So he's just stuck one behind in the pecking order, right? So it's a good career move by um, Jermaine Hopgood. He certainly started the year on fire and he caused some issues last night uh, with that late offload. He's really good at it. We, we all obviously spoke about it all week, about wrapping the ball up, but he's obviously got a real knack of getting in the right body position and freeing up that arm. Um, and he certainly caused some problems for us last night and even Melbourne the, the week before promoting that second phase footy.
1: All right. Now, let's quickly just through uh, the other game because there are some talking points coming out of that one. Uh, Reese Walsh coming back to the Broncos was absolutely brilliant. The pace of him, the creativity of him, uh, him with, with uh, Ezra Mann, that combination was sensational.
0: Yeah, they're looking a really balanced team at the moment, aren't they? They have sort of... The big boys up front in uh, Payne and Carrigan and Flegel off the bench. Uh, then you have sort of Adam Reynolds steering the ship. I think Luke Capewell oh, – sorry, Kurt Capewell, sorry. Um, he's probably been underrated with his experience mm. and what he offers the team behind the scenes. Uh, he's been a Penrith, won a comp there. He was in that team last year, that Broncos team, when they were going well, but he got injured, right? So they sort of missed him in the back, of, uh, in the back end of the year. Uh, and then you add the likes – you know, of Reece Walsh, he's got that spark. He's got that spark. He's, you know, something might happen around him all the time. And you add that Ezra Man in there, he's yep. got that spark too. He's finding the trial line all the time. They just look like they're a dangerous team when they get it going. So they've probably been the most impressive over the last two rounds, obviously knocking off Penriff at home, uh, which has proved difficult for older teams um teams over the last two years. And then backing it up against uh, the Cowboys at home this week who – you know, many people thought the Cowboys – well, not thought, they still are, you know, a genuine premiership threat. So yep. you can't knock the way that the Brisbane Broncos have started this season for sure. They've been outstanding.
1: As our um, reckless high tackle correspondent, <laughs> 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 what, what about that Scotty Drinkwater? Uh, he Obviously, was on report, was binned after Corey Oates hit him high with that looked like the shoulder. Not sure about the motion wrapping the arm around, whether that was existent or not. But he also – he's broken – his jaw in that contact.
0: Yeah, well, it'll be, it's an interesting one, especially off the back of my one last week, yeah. right? So um, I didn't see it live. or We were just wrapping up um, last night out at Parramatta when their game was on, so I was driving home. But I did watch the replay this morning. Um, and whether it was, you know, Sinbin was probably, I think Sinbin at the, mu- at the time was probably sufficient. You know, he's tr- trying to score a try and he's got his technique wrong and so he's hit him high, he's left his feet. And so they made contact with the head, they put him in the bin. But I'll be really interested to see what the charge is this morning because my charge, again, the same thing. I I was in, I was, the referee said to me, there was, you left your feet and there was high contact. So you have 10 in the bin. But mine wasn't contact with the head, first point of contact. And it was, the fellow got up, he's not even, didn't even go for an HIA. Yeah. Um, And it was play on. It wasn't until they, scored a try. And I went back a few plays that he put, me, he put me on report and sent me off. So, And he wasn't injured. Now Corey Oates has got a broken jaw. So that, they do take that into account. So it'll be interesting to see um, what they come up with and whether or not that, you know, the decision that they made on me last week is the new bar that they've set this year or it's just a shame-worn
1: googly. Indeed. You're listening to the Footy Talk podcast on Listener. When we come back, we'll preview a massive Super Saturday. Welcome back to the Footy Talk Podcast on Listener. My name's Tony Squires. I'm with Wade Graham. All right, let's turn our attention to Super Saturday. Three games of rugby league, beginning, of course, with the Sydney Roosters and the New Zealand Warriors, who would have thought this round too, that the Warriors would be the team that comes off the win, the Roosters, the loss in that historic game, to new team, the Dolphins. Gee, they're, they're going to expect from... Well, the crowd is certainly going to want some sort of kickback here, aren't they? They're going to want to see the Roosters come out and perform.
0: Oh, you'd have to think so, for sure. I, I You know, I don't think the Roosters will care about the crowd or, or anything at the moment. I think Trent Robinson would have had them in some rooms um, <laughs> in some tough conversations over this week, and they were, you know, their first game back at the new stadium for the season, and they would be, as a playing group, certainly, and as a club, would be wanting a response after last week's game and a... um A much better performance. There's no doubt about that. I think think we all – it's funny, but because (laughs) I don't think any of us saw us coming, but I remember I called the Roosters game round one last year over at the STG and the Knights – there was a ball over with the Knights as well. It's true. It was. So it's – I don't know if it's a bit of repeat in the history, some of the round one. I know there's some new faces, Brandon Smith playing in a hooker. You know, you can't take anything away from the Dolphins. They were outstanding in that first game um, for the club. So – yeah, I'd be looking um, for a bounce back from the Roosters, but the Warriors were good last, uh, last week. Uh, it's our first opportunity to see them travelling this year. They look, um, they look good at home. They've always been a bit of an issue when they come over here, but they have an opportunity. They have a really good opportunity in front of them um, against the Roosters play, a team that didn't play well last That's week. Right. And Victor Adley is out. Victor Adley is out. So there is an opportunity, so it's an intriguing game. Will be terrific, the like, is... How good was last round the the, the footy oh. in the opening round of the year, and now it's kicked off again like, yeah, South first, Penrith, blockbuster, blockbuster, you know, us first para last night, so entertaining. The Queensland Derby to kick it off, it's just how good is it that they have the footy back week in, it week is... out, and I get to watch for another four hours. <laughs>
1: I love it. Okay, what about those Dolphins? Can they back it up? Uh, they are at Redcliffe this time, which would be terrific for those people, those, uh, those fans who just wait to see that jersey run around in the NRL. They get to do that uh, this evening, 5.30, up against the Raiders.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think um, they would probably be better than last, last week. I think they just have so much experience yeah. in their forward pack, like Jesse Bromwich, Kenny Bromwich, Felice Kafusi, And I, I tell you everyone slept on. Um, who has, has to, over the last probably two seasons, be one of the most improved players in the NRO is Jeremy Marshall King and Hooker. Oh. Uh, and we all slept on him, like, myself included. Um, probably all the talk around the t- Dolphins, or, well, Spoon, Spoon, New Club, like, don't worry, they're not going to b- compete. But if you have a look at the bones of their team, you know, and, and especially their forward pack. There's a yeah. lot of experience there and they're, they're not going to get caught out in many situations that any of those guys haven't seen before. They know how to win. They know how to prepare and they know how to give themselves an opportunity just to be
1: in the game. So, um, Will anybody from the Raiders side be looking up out of the corner of their eye for Felice Cafusi coming at them? <laughs> possibly. Possibly. He was brilliant last <laughs> week, Felice, <laughs> <Possibly>. wasn't
0: he? <laughs> I think... He <laughs> It seemed to me it was just a normal game until Brandon Smith tried to have a couple of words to his ex-teammate <laughs> and it backfired a little bit. But, no, he was outstanding. Again, more experience there. I didn't even mention him it uh, before. Um, but, again, you look at the Canberra side, it's a good matchup. Yep. Tarpany, um, the t- Hudson Young, the back row, yep. Elliot Whitehead. And there's no doubt that's where Canberra like to attack through the middle, um, second phase off those big boys through the middle and then the likes of Jackie White and Fogarty on the back of it. So, yeah, and, and they coming off a round one loss as well, Canberra. They'll be looking yeah. to, to bounce back too. So, yeah, the first two games are really intriguing. You, you could sort of go, okay, Rooster to bounce back, they're, they're expected to win, and yeah. Dolphins at home, probably they're expected to win, but... You could see the result going the other way as well.
1: Absolutely. What, you, what about if we get down to uh, Melbourne there at home? They're still down on troops. but It was a great performance from them in the first round, as it always is in the first round. It's bizarre. Uh, but they, as I said, they've got a few guys out and they have uh, Canterbury coming down for them.
0: Yeah, well, I'm going to back the stormy. On yeah. my normal slot on Tuesdays mm. in the Listener App podcast, I've already declared uh, Harry Grant to win the Dally M. So he was leading the Dally M after round one.
1: In the new system. In the new system. He's got 400 points already. Well,
0: only, only because of alph- alphabetical order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he was leading, so I'll take that. Um, and I think the Bulldogs are still trying to find themselves. Um, it was funny last week. I watched um, when they were playing Manly that shift in the first half and the last tackle out the kick out of kick it. Yeah. It, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of when you were young mm-hmm. and you used to play in like the junior reps, and your best player would be off and he'd come back. So everyone sort of just took their foot off the internet yeah. and just go, we'll just give it to him. He's our best player. He'll do it. But it doesn't work like that, right? You need everyone else to do their job so your best player can just find his niche yep. and do his thing. That's what, like, when I seen that play, that's what I thought of. So I think they'll be better for the run. Um, I think Melbourne, down in Melbourne, probably a little bit too strong. I know Cameron Munster's out for a while, but Harry Grant, you know, Jerome Hughes... I thought Meany was outstanding yeah. last week. Um, they, they got a lot of strike till out, still out wide, and Craig Bellamy just again yes. just produces again.
1: Absolute genius! All right, uh, Wade Graham. Where is it? What's your Super Saturday bold prediction? Harry Grant hat trick. Harry Grant hat trick on the way to the, the Allianz medal. <laughs> <laughs> every Eighteen week. months every week,
0: every week, and I'll probably be able to play by then
1: too. I love it. Oh, good idea. I, I'll look. My my bold prediction is that somebody today will go one better than you and get sent off.
0: Oh, that's you know what?
1: Across the three in games.
0: sixteen years, yeah. that was the first time I've ever been put in the bin. Really, sent in the sin bin. first time.
1: Did you feel a bit guilty? No, nah, not really. <laughs> It's pretty amazing collision, I have to tell you. Uh, well done, you. That's all for the Saturday edition of the Footy Talk podcast. On listener Jimmy Gray and Ben Dobbin back in the hot seat tomorrow. Speak soon.